Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Witeka. Conversations plus connections equals community. Those are my three C's. The heart of my show is what's your story? It's my belief we all have stories. Some are similar, others are uniquely different. Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Well, hello, everybody, and you are in for a treat. I don't just have one guest today. I have two. And joining me today from Wonder Mouse Productions are Simon Balderas, and from Be Light Productions, who's affiliated with Wonder Mouse, is Buffy Castillo. Welcome to the show, you guys. Hello. It, yeah. It's my pleasure to have you. And I would just like to spell this out for our listeners in case they want to go to your fabulous website while we're speaking. It is Wonder, W-O-N-D-E-R, Mouse, M-O-U-S-E, dot us and that is how you will find them so wondermouse.us so we have taken care of those little logistics and now let's just start this conversation i know you guys have been collaborating for a while i'm excited to hear all about this but i i like to start the show with well who are you so i'm going to start with you simon could you just please tell us a little bit about your background, a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So um, I grew up in a small town called Ojai. Uh, that's in California. It's just um, about 20 minutes from uh, Ventura. And I, um, you know, I'm a filmmaker, and I've been making films now for about 30 years. But, you know, I'm stepping out in a, in a different capacity now because the films that I have been involved with in the past – um, which have been many. I've done over. I've been involved with over 50 documentaries and other features and all kinds of other types of projects. But I um, have been. My primary function was as an editor, as a cinematographer, and as a writer. And so now stepping out as director as a director is is kind of a new thing for me. Um, I have directed many, many films, you know, here and there, you know, in the last 30 years, but now I'm really kind of stepping out in, in a very, very big way. And Buffy and I have been um, collaborating. We just released a film recently and that's in the, in the film festival circuit. And that's, that's kind of, that's me. That's me in a nutshell. You know what? I'm going to ask you a question because mm-hmm. I don't know the answer to this, and maybe it's obvious, but others may do. Is there, is there a different definition between a film and a movie? Well, I think that there is a movie experience, and I think that that's the audience. And I think when I refer to a film, I think of the people who made the film. Um, so that's kind of how I sort of distinguish those two things. That's that's really interesting. You know, every every guest that I have has their genre. And sometimes what would be the obvious, like, well, yeah, this is what we use all the time, I always find it fascinating to clarify. So thank you for that, for that information. I really, I do appreciate that. 
and Buffy, mm-hmm. um, you're you have a uh, you're you're affiliated with 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 uh, Wonder Mouse, but you also have your own production um, as well. And I thought we could just hear a little bit about you, Buffy. Tell us about yourself. Uh, so I grew up in Ventura, California. And so I am his neighbor. We're very intertwined. Um, I grew up there, second generation there. So I have still a lot of roots there. And I'd had a traumatic life experience and decided, you know what? I'm going to build a business. I'm going to plant it here in the heart of Ventura. And doing that, I was a new business right before the pandemic. And someone told Lori Balderas, Simon's wife and partner, business partner, told her, you need to go find Buffy, go find her. She came to find me, and because of my collaboration with them, Be Light Productions was born. So there's all this creativity happening in Ventura and Ojai. We're kind of nestled in there. It's kind of like my, I keep saying, it's my love letter back to my community that I grew up in because I grew up there in the 70s. I still live there now, um, half time. So um, I feel like my collaboration with Simon and Lori is doing something in the towns that we grew up in that we love and kind of getting back there, mentoring and you know, just being a part of our community and giving back. I so love that. I- that. That's a great story. And, and for those of us that do live in the California and the Southern California area, where you guys um, are located in Ojai and Ventura, it's it's lovely there. It's it's not that far from where I live, and it, it's a it's a beautiful location. And I think what we're going to find very interesting as we weave our story together, and that's going to also include um, the Native American Indian part of our story and, and collaboration of the two of you as well. I, I I'm I think this is just a great opportunity to get to share what it is you love and why. So I have a question for you, Simon, because um, I think you have a very interesting name of your company, Wonder Mouse Studios or Wonder Mouse Productions. Um, where did how how did the name how did that name come about? What was what was the nature of that of how you named your company? Well, thank you for asking. Um, I do get that question quite a lot, and hopefully uh-huh. my answer will be will be satisfying to you. Um, you know, I I first consider myself a pretty keen observer of life, and that naturally becomes an inspiration for for the many stories that that I want to tell with Wonder Mouse. And so the name Wonder Mouse has its roots in these stories that I used to tell my children when they were growing up. And most of those stories are about the adventures of a little mouse named Pix, who's a very curious mouse, um, whose adventures, you know, they always lead to some kind of life lessons. Um, And those life lessons are based on my own life experience. And, you know, this little mouse, he's really special. Um, He is three times smaller than an average mouse. I used to tell my kids with his legs as thin as a grasshopper. And mm-hmm. all of his stories, even though he has such a small stature, that, you know, he would always be able to, to, to save the day. And, you know, I used to love telling my children about these adventures. 
there's this, this childlike joy I get from making believe. And I'm so eager to present them to anybody who's interested in stories that, that emanate from my, what I call a childlike exuberance. That's interesting. So was, was, I'm not familiar with those books. So Tick is the name of the mouse in these children's books? So it's Picks. Um, none of these stories are published. I have all of these oh. compilations of, of stories that I've, that I've amassed over the years. I have hundreds of them, um, all kinds of stories. And um, tragically, in I believe it was um, the, in the year 2000, maybe 2003, um, there was a fire, and many of these stories um, were burned. Um, oh. But I still do have have quite a quite a few of them um i pass them around you know at, in holidays and sometimes i give them away to friends and, and family as little, you know little gifts um so wow well i'm sorry about the fire but just to be clear are we saying the mouse's name is t like tom i-c-k no it's picks it's p-i-x Oh, picks. Well, thank you for that correction. So this, these mm-hmm. aren't books that I would have bought at the bookstore for my kids. These are things that you personally wrote. Yes. They're oh, stories my that I personally gosh. Wrote. And, and recently, you know, my wife, Lori, um, she really is, is such a force and a factor in my encouraging, you know, my creative process. And she has really been encouraging me to actually publish um, a lot of these stories. And so... I think I will. Mm-hmm. Um, right now I'm super busy with a lot of other things, but um, right. that's the intention in the future, yes. Did you, did you not only write, I, I know we're going to move on, but I'm so curious about this. Did you not only write these stories, did you, was it, um, was it, did it have photos? I mean, did you do any kind of pictures to it? So I do a lot of illustration. Illustration, um, Illustrations, I do a lot of um, uh, even animations I've been doing for, for many, many years. Um, hmm. So they are all illustrated. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. So, and when we talk about where you are, that's a really interesting story on how you developed um, your name. So what type of projects do you guys produce at Wonder Mouse? Um, well, we do have a criteria and, um, we we really like to focus on on positive, uplifting projects. As a matter of fact, you know we've turned down many projects that have been presented to us, and because they just weren't in alignment with our values. And aside from that, we do um, commercial projects. We do um, industrial videos. We do documentaries for other people um, and, and features as well. And but ultimately. Um, the stories that we want to really tell in the future and me specifically is that I really like stories about the underdog or people overcoming huge obstacles in their life, keeping a strong spirit and the resolve to, to help others. I love that. That's terrific. So Buffy, you, you started, we talked about Be Light Productions and now you're partnering with, with Simon at, at Wonder Mouse Studios. Were you, where um where you're the executive producer i guess is that is that part of your responsibilities now as an executive producer yes so be light 
right now is it's really dependent on Wonder Mouse. I can't even imagine breaking that relationship. I I really built it to be actually a support to Wonder Mouse. Um, so much so, I mean, I have so much faith in the two of them that um, I moved everyone out of my home and we turned it into a production studio. So, um, yes, he, as you, you probably felt just from interacting with him, he's very, very humble, but he's one of the Mm -hmm. most creative storytellers I've ever met. His filmmaking is beautiful and it's that confidence from those projects, the learning of everything on the countless hours of producing, directing, editing. He brings that confidence without the ego which I'm a huge believer in. If your ego, you know, enters before you, I, I, I'm not in alignment with that. So both he and Lori, um, I, I really only wanted to collaborate with people that felt that we wanted to uplift people, tell uplifting stories, help our community. Um, we're very big in mentorship. You know, we're not trying to, we're not trying to recreate anything that people haven't already been doing or just trying to base it in love and honesty and truth and transparency and equality. We want to include as many people as we can. We're very, very um, focused on diversity. I won't have it any other way. Will they? So, you know, there's a lot of things that we're very strong and passionate about. And then that the icing on the cake for me was learning that Simon had recently been connecting to his Native American heritage. So it's something I'm constantly in a struggle with because I miss it and I need it. And so he and I have really banded together in partnership to support that also, so much so that our first step up to the plate is a home run and we get into a festival. So, yeah, so the collaboration for me um, we grew it over about three years. We took the pandemic to get to know each other. And I have another business in Ventura. And they have done production for me there. So so I know how they work behind the camera. We just kind of like lived the past pandemic. People will have wow. another one, I'm sure. We lived that I one together, not. really. Together, and now I feel like that, that us to where we are now. So now we're really on a platform to like springboard others. We've kind of been doing all the hard work. Now we're ready to take on projects. Before we were building our house, now we're ready. Right. By the way, um, on your website, um, wondermouse.us, there is a picture of where you work, and it's, it's quite beautiful. And what I was thinking about as that stay-at-home mom back in the day and involved in the schools and all those other things. Now I'm very active in my Rotary Club. I'm very active in my Chamber of Commerce. I was just thinking about, do you ever do you ever step into like a high school and talk to um, my my daughter? Loved that side of it. high school is what turned her into going to UCLA and majoring in theater arts. Do you ever include mm. some of the high school kids in your community on what you do? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, in our film, The Runner, yeah, Simon, explain how how people were involved in that. Well, let's do that then, because I think this is really impressive. Um, I didn't know anything about um, 
LA Skins Fest. It's, it's the 16th annual, and your film was accepted in this past September. So I want to certainly congratulate you. Um, let's let's really talk about this. Let's. I'm. I. I would like to really focus on your two films specifically in this conversation that we're having today. So maybe um, Simon, where we could start is for those people like myself that have never heard of the L.A. Skins Fest, what, what is that? So the L.A. Skins Fest is a Native American film festival um, that focuses in on, on stories and artists who are of Native American descent. And so Buffy and I and Lori, um, we entered our first film, which is called The Runner, into... Um, this film festival, and it was just an amazing experience. I know Buffy, you have some great takeaways, and I just had you know such a great time. I was so welcome. We were all so welcomed and accommodated. The venues were just beautiful, and and I don't know, Buffy, what what was your experience like? I for me, I loved it. I mean, from beginning to end, the communication prior to the festival, um, and then really being treated like, you know, the red carpet was rolled out. They had us at, you know, different locations where they were bringing art installations that followed the entire week along. So we were able to see beautiful art from all over, and then we purchased it. You know, I mean, it was amazing to kind of be there, and it fed us amazing. I mean, it was just, it was really, really incredible. We kept pinching ourselves like, really, really, and... Uh the support that they continue to give the fellowship. And, and it's the, I think what I love the most, it's not about awards. It's really not about awards. It's really helping showcase people's work. And, and it was a time of great collaboration for us. It felt like a family reunion for me. It was incredible. And um, it was the one that I really wanted to get into because of what Simon described. It's put on by Natives for Natives. It's the 16th annual. It just really felt like this was, we got up to the, the plate and, and hit a home run. You know, it's interesting. I'm looking at your website, and it shows um, the Skins um, Fest, the L.A. Skins Fest, but it also shows that you were an official selection in the Montreal Independent Film Festival at the same year. I'd like you to talk a little bit more about what the runner is all about because those of us that have never seen it you know i'm hearing the collaboration but if how long is the film and what is it all about and where could somebody see it so the runner right now is is doing the film festival circuit including um the montreal which it was a it was official selection um there's it's still um we're still waiting to hear from from other uh, several other film festivals about the acceptance and the runner is a short film, which is it's under 20 minutes, and it's a proof concept for a feature film that I wrote by the same title, um, the runner. It's it, it's about a man named Murray Rara, which is kind of a strange name, but I did it on on purpose. It's kind of a secret thing. If you if you flip the name Rara Murray, um, the Rara Murray is a group of native. Um, Indians in, in Mexico that are incredible runners. And I've always been fascinated by their ability and their stories. 
And so I, um, cha- you know, I, I named the the, um, the main character of the film Murray, who's this reclusive um, runner who's who's past his prime, and he lives this very quiet, solitary life, and he's sort of become a, a reflection of the city's um, forgotten past. He works um, as a fry cook at this local greasy spoon. Um, he spends his time running these very long distances and he's kind of a interesting character and he, and he always wears a backpack and it's full of, of kibble and birdseed because he loves to, Mm. to um, feed the city stray animals. And he has these, this this deep connection to these strays. Um, So he's this reclusive guy, but his, and he, and he he kind of does the same thing every day throughout his life, but his routine is, is abruptly broken um, when his life collides with his neighbor, Deborah, who is an alcoholic, and she has this, and this little daughter. She's eight years old. Her name is Lee. And they've been on the run for, for several years from an abusive man. And Deborah, this neighbor, abandons Lee. And Murray has to decide, you know, really whether he's going to run the, the race of his life and become Lee's caretaker. And it's, it's a glimpse into the lives of, of the unseen people who live on, on the fringe of society, you know, along with, with many, many other outcasts. And really the, the story is, is a journey, you know, into the center of the human heart where mm-hmm. I believe hopes and dreams are, are born in, in, into the light of day. Wow. So this is, Absolutely, based on a true story. How do you? How did you spell his name? M U R I is his first name, and his last name uh-huh. is Rara. R A R A. So if you reverse R-A-R-A. that, and put, uh-huh. right. if you reverse that, and put Rara Murray and make it one word. You Google that, and you'll find all about the the Murray Rara runners. Interesting. That's really fascinating. Is it typical? That I, I because you know I, I very I, I say this all the time you don't know what you don't know now some people could just be satisfied with that but not me because I'm curious I I was surprised when you said that the film was only 20 minutes long is that typical is that is that what's called a short film is that the definition of a short film so the film festivals um, have uh, several categories, and some of them are features, and some of them are shorts. Typically, shorts, um, the sweet spot is, is 15, 12 to 15 minutes. Mine's a little bit longer. It's about 18 minutes. So, yes. Wow. I see. I didn't know that. So if somebody was at a movie theater to see a movie, would mm-hmm. they ever see – um, a short film just because before the movie began? I mean, where, where, where do audiences go to actually see these 20-minute films? So nowadays things have changed quite a lot since, since um, you know, the pre-Internet days. So if you went to a movie theater, you might, you know, in occasion maybe see a cartoon or see some kind of, you know, short film before. But, but generally speaking, um, you know, short films were sort of a niche thing that you might see in a compilation. Um, so you might, you know, like, like you, every year the, um, the Academy Awards also has a short film category. And oh. they, 
Yeah, and, and you can see all of those short films, they compile them into one piece, which is generally, you know, the length of a feature film. Okay, so I get that part. But mm-hmm. if somebody's listening to this and would really like to see more about this particular uh, film, The Runner, because I know we're going to talk about The Buffalo, too, and I, I'm anxious to talk about that. But the average everyday Joe, there isn't, unless they've gone to a physical film festival, they aren't going to be able to see this anywhere? No. So they, you can search it online. Um, uh-huh. it, will be, it will be streaming online once it, it exhausts the film festival circuit. Um, there's oh. many, many um, short film um, outlets. Uh, one of them that I, that I can recall is um, called um, uh, Short of the Day. Um, they also have short compilations on Netflix and, and um, Amazon and, and many other large uh, streaming companies. So short films is, is alive and well, and actually it's, it's growing quite a bit. Um, and the reason why we did The Runner as a short is, is because it's a proof of concept. We wanted to prove that the feature-length version is, has a lot of merit and is worthy to be made into a longer version. So you'll get a really good taste of the film. And so if anybody's mm-hmm. interested and, and, and likes the film – and they want to become involved, well, they can, um, you know, perhaps invest um, in, you know, the, the feature-length version, and that's kind of how it goes. So a lot of filmmakers will, will create short films, um, these proof of concepts based on a, larger, on a larger project, which is, of course, the feature. So let me ask you this. In your business at Wonder Mouse, you've got this short film, then successful, but if you wanted to move it and you had the backing, obviously this requires money, but if you had the backing, does your company have the ability, your production company, to actually make a feature film, or would that be what somebody else would do with your assistance? No, we would do everything soup to nuts, all in-house. Wow, um, neat. Yeah. So we have That's editing, cool. we have cameras, we have we have. Uh, uh, grip trucks, grip equipment, all kinds of stuff. So we do everything. Um, wow. It's really the, distri- the distribution that we would, you know, obviously seek outside. And a lot of these films are, are picked up, you know, by, by Netflix or, or Hulu or mm-hmm. Amazon Prime or, or many others, even HBO or, or you know, they'll, they'll see. And then they'll, they'll kind of put their stamp on it and say this is an HBO production or what have you. That's kind of how nice. it works. Nice. So – was there any real inspiration behind making this film, The um, Runner, for you? Absolutely, yes. So I do a lot of street photography. Um, and that's just where I just kind of walk around the streets and look for interested people and compositions. Um, so I've always been interested in stories about people who – may otherwise be considered unknown. You know, I see mm-hmm. them every day when I'm doing street photography. I see homeless people. I often go into laundromats, which is kind of a weird thing, and I, and I observe this kind of freeway of people that come into these places who, you know, some live their lives in obscurity, and they're just people who you see in everyday life, but you may not really consider them. And, and although they may seemingly not have any significance to, to your life, I feel they, in fact, have a very 
um, a purposeful existence that's, that's mm-hmm. full of meaning, full of value to, to humanity at large. And the runner is, is a glimpse into that world. It's a, it's a world that, that's hidden. It's a world that is, that's obscured and for the most part invisible to the mainstream. So the runner it pulls back the curtain and it immerses the audience into the lives of, of these characters um, where the reality of living on the fringe is, is really visceral and rich with the idea that even though people may lead these isolated and disconnected lives, their stories are meaningful and they're mm-hmm. often poignant and full of valuable lessons that, that can make us all better people. It's, it's very interesting what you've said, Simon, because I'm an observer as well, and I am always interested in what what people are doing and maybe why they're doing it. And um, it sounds to me like you go to locations where that could happen. Um, and as I look at this um, um, released um, of the runner, am I actually looking at the person, the person in the center with the beard? Is that your main character? Yes. Yeah. I see. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It's very it's, it's really powerful looking and you know he looks so focused. And um I I I like the way that picture uh, came out. It's, it's really really speaks a lot without saying any words. Yeah. And there are well, you know Well, thank you so much. Well, you're welcome, but you know there are a lot of marginalized people, particularly mm-hmm. today. Particularly where we live, where you and I live, where the weather condition allows people mm-hmm. to unfortunately live on the streets. You're not going to see yeah. people doing that as much where there's, you know, five feet of snow. And so, you know, it comes to the point where you actually start seeing people that you recognize. And I actually, just as a side thing, based on what you've just said, there was a woman that used to sit on the bus bench at a, at the mm. corner of a very um um busy intersection not far from where i live and i would always see her there and sometimes she would go sit by the by the CVS i'll just say it and she would ask for help and i you couldn't i couldn't not walk past her and say are you hungry mm. and can i get you something to eat but before mm. i did that i said what is your name I, I'm going. Homeless people have names, mm-hmm. and yes. when you start acknowledging and recognizing that, and the funny thing is, I don't think funny. That's that would be the wrong term. The ironic thing is about this woman, her name was Faith, and mm-hmm. you know I, that was her name. And then you know ultimately, she was moved out. She was causing problems at the bus stop. People, it was a problem. And I would say maybe two years later, I was in downtown downtown Los Angeles for an event, and she was walking across the the sidewalk in the in the walking. Um, I'm having trouble speaking because it was so emotional for me. I mm. I couldn't get out of the car because we were on the way somewhere, but it just made me feel so relieved to know that frankly she was still alive. You know whether she was had found shelter or not, I don't know, 
but people like people do have stories. We all have stories. I mean, that's why I do what I do. I am a story right. collector, and that's why um, you know I love this. And you know, I want to I want to I want to bring us into. Well, I, I have one more quick question because I'm sometimes I just get emotionally so sidetracked that. Um, do you have any other films that you are working on together? in development right now because I know that we're going to be talking about Buffalo next but are mm-hmm. there other films are there always some is there always something in the works you know what you guys Absolutely. can I suggest really quickly on that poster that you were discussing Marsha I just want to bring to light something that was you know so exciting about that film um, um, on the if you look at the young daughter who plays Lee she's a quadruplet and she and her siblings they wrote and performed an original song for the film, and wow. it is amazing. So I just wow. want to put that out because that, that's just a whole other element and layer to that film. It's, it's just very collaborative. Kelly Lou, who's Kelly Lou Dennis, who's in um, the film as the mother, she's very collaborative in there. She's worked on other projects. So everyone Ooh. involved in that project is, was really, really amazing and pivotal they they really everyone just showed up and, and gave us a beautiful film wow that's so cool mm-hmm. and I, we do ha- I do have to i have to mention too buffy that you know i have to thank both you and Lori um in casting um that's um, who does all our casting is buffy and Lori. and i mean they they really find they found these gems and they're just amazing talented people and Buffy and, and Lori have this great sense of people's abilities and their artistic gifts, and I'm just so thankful that they chose these these characters, these people. You guys sound like the perfect blend. I mean, seriously. You, you each bring your own skills to the table, and that happens in marriages. That happens in all kinds of collaborative areas where – you know, one person is really good at this and the other person is really good at that and together you mm. blend something that is so, so beautiful. So are you, do you have some, Simon, before we talk about Buffalo, because I mm-hmm. really do yeah. want to talk about that, do you have other films that you guys are doing that are in development as we speak right now? Several, yes. We have, we're actually um, working on a, a docudrama called Unstoppable and that's that's been going on uh, for several months, it's about a a man who was true story about a man Sean Crane, uh, who is uh, an amazing life coach, and it's about his um, false incarceration. Um, he was accused of murder and oh was falsely accused and, and, w- and went to prison for for seven years. Um, and mm-hmm. we have other other stories like that again about underdogs and really what matters to me most. And, and to all of us, is, is finding and telling stories that, that motivate people to connect the dots in their own lives. You know, mm-hmm. we, we want to find, we want to do projects that are, that are really rooted in the primal needs of, of human emotion. You know, the need to be loved, the need to extend love, the need for forgiveness, the need to be understood, you know, and really ultimately the, the, the desire to find the deepest meaning of their own existence. It's, it's powerful. So let's talk about Buffalo now, Simon. I'm going to just start with you, and then I'm going to—I'm definitely going to bring Buffy into this conversation. So, why don't you tell us what Buffalo is all about? 
Okay, well, I'm going to tell you what it's about, but I think Buffy has a great story about how it came about because when we met okay. Buffy, um, we had such an amazing, all kinds of light bulbs went off for, for all us three. And okay. Buffalo is, is, is a dramatic um, feature film, and it's based on the true story about Buffy. Um, it's a about a Native American girl who documents her life through photography while growing up in, in Southern California, Ventura specifically. And her unique perspective is, is a blend of Native American culture and also the strong influences of her maternal um, grandmother who was a devout Catholic. So it's a real good blend of, of Native culture as well as, um, you know, like I said, her grandmother was a, Native, was a, a devout Catholic. And through her lens, we witness how, um, how her imaginative imaginative and, and, and cultural experience, you know, guides her to overcome some of life's most challenging obstacles. Um, and this is all very, very true. Um, uh, and Buffy, you can, you can kind of tell her maybe perhaps about how we originally met and, 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 and how this story evolved. But I, wanted, I do want to say that the story this film uses some really interesting conventions of telling a story. Uh, we use a lot of magical interludes where the world just transforms into these visceral and, and, fast, and fantastic um, imaginative, imaginative uh, visions. And Buffy ultimately draws upon the lessons that were passed down to her through the generations and where she has to dig down and seek this, this inner strength to triumph over some tragic events that really kind of beset her. And ultimately, um, the Buffalo finds this path to, to justice, peace, and forgiveness. And that's, that's wow. really it in a nutshell. Is, so this is a completed project now, am I correct? It's no. a completed script. So we're in the funding phase now. So we're I see. Funding. Perfect. All right. So Buffy. This is a, I'm looking at this cover. Um, t- tell let's let's. I want you to bring in how this whole project came together, and, and like what Simon just said about how it is that you met, because I this is this is a really interesting part of this of this podcast. Well, I think it's really interesting because it just proved to me that if you walk in one direction, it doesn't mean that you've cut yourself off to all these other directions. Um, and I had lost my mom tragically and in 2019 I decided, you know what, I'm going to relearn how to breathe again. So I've been doing yoga for 30 years, over 30 Mm. years now, but I found myself in class four times a day just because I needed people to tell me to breathe. I decided Mm. to get vacation and realized that the people giving out certifications don't have the moral alignment that I have. So mm. I thought, you know what, I'm going to open my own studio. So I opened a place in Ventura called The Farm, P-H-A-R-M, and I was in the mix of getting this place going, living there 24-7, eating God knows what crumbs I could find on the ground, just not going home. So I was living there. Someone who would come into Simon and Lori's life was needing production. They wanted to kind of 
segue from being in real estate and getting into production. And his idea was mm. to showcase new businesses in Ventura that had opened, or in Ventura County. So luckily, since he had reached out to them, he was already aligned with them. Now Lori was going around to other businesses in Ventura, stumbles across someone and says, go to Buffy, just please, just go to Buffy right now, just go. She'll be there. So Lori shows up. The minute she shows up, there was just this spark. She has this smile that is like you can see 10 miles away. So just seeing her soul and that smile, I was already a spark of like someone familiar. And she came in with all these Catholic medallions hanging, and I thought, okay, this is a good person. I don't know who she is, but I felt a good vibe <laughs> from her. And we decided, okay, we're going to promote you through this production that gentleman's doing. They came, they did these beautiful promotional videos for my studio. And mm. so, I, so I saw how production went and I saw how they interacted with people. We all had such an amazing time during production that now some of my teachers there are working at the castle and doing things with the podcast. And so we, we just kind of almost married our companies together because Simon, like you said, he has a full production crew ready to go. So we've just kind of been bringing these people together. And during the pandemic, I thought that I'd be working on a, de- a documentary discussing the facts um, that led up to my mother's death. Mm-hmm. But in the process of that, Simon would send me questions and we'd go back and forth in dialogue about my take on things. How would you have reacted if this happened? And so just going back through me really doing storytelling with him back and forth, they sat me down one day and they said, Hey, Buffy, uh, we got to talk to you about something. I thought, Oh gosh, you know, oh, they're going to break up with me or something. You know, I don't know. How you scared. Yeah. Well, I decided I can't I could probably think, you know, we don't really know if we want to continue this. But no, it was actually the opposite. And it was very, you know, shocking. But they said, you know, there is so much to this that we really think that we should kind of put the documentary aside and work on a feature film or possibly a series. And I was like, about what? And like, about you and your life. And I was like, oh my gosh, what? Um, uh-huh. They quickly wrote one screenplay. We're down to, we're up to the fifth iteration now. Um, But it's like, it's ready to go. I mean, we have a lot of people already cast for it. Mm. We're we're waiting, we're waiting. So, I mean, we we really are ready to go. And I think during the pandemic, we thought, oh, my gosh, let's get it done right now. (laughs) We were so excited. But there's a lot of things in our backstory that led up to us doing the runner and choosing to do a short You know, there's a lot of other things going on behind the scenes always. So I just felt that I had seen them work, and they saw my participation and my commitment to my community, which is huge, because Mm -hmm. I have to to give back, and I have to mentor. So they felt the same way. So we just were – I mean, you heard everything that Simon said just about why he did The Runner, and he wrote that, what, almost a decade ago. So Mm – just being wow. so much alignment okay. with them, I thought, you know what? I'm going to move my family out of my gosh dang house. We need a studio, guys. Um, mm. So we, there's a podcast studio in there. Lori already is running a podcast. I have my teacher, Sarah Espel. She's the 
editor over there. She's a podcast producer. She is producing a podcast for Lori and for the farm. So we're really, we're trying to let, we ask people, is there something that you want to do? Because we have opportunities for people to be creative and to feel connected and they feel the same way that I do. I would rather encourage a young kid who seems lost in life to maybe come and see just what happens because there's so much to this storytelling that we do. There's so many facets to it. So that is, I mean, the collaboration came from the fact that I saw them in their own environment and how they work and they mm-hmm. see me in mine. And so now we just really want to be together and tell stories. I'm a contributor for the Sundance Circle, and I have been for many years. And I want to bring the stories that we have to the Sundance Festival and to a lot of other festivals that, you know, I feel very connected to or I'm, sure. you know, or I'm committed to. So, so yeah, we're, you're going to be hearing about a lot of these collaborations happening because it's kind of like we're, we're, ready, we're ready now to just springboard and go. I could just imagine um, people living, listening that might live in your community, that maybe they're in high school, so they may, they may not be listening, but maybe a parent or grandparent is listening and thinking, mm-hmm. just like an intern opportunity or something that allows these young people that think that this is something that they would really be interested in and and just being a part of this, just, you know, being a gopher, just, just whatever. I mean, it just sounds so exciting, and I, I just... I think about this, and I think, Buffy, how does it feel to have a film in the works about you and your life? How does that feel for you? Well, I do want to add really quickly to uh, the other thing. We, with the studio, the other part that we really want to accentuate is that this is a, it's a home, and it's right by the beach. It's a block away from the beach. It's freeway accessible. Beautiful. There's parking. It's, it's, you know, it's an access point for people who are in, in Oxnard, Ojai, mm-hmm. San Francisco. We're trying to, you know, because we all know it's very <sighs> difficult to get into places in L.A., the parking, the traffic, and we don't need to keep congesting one area. There's creativity right. everywhere. So, so, yeah, we're really trying to hopefully attract people who are in the northern part of California that want to come and see and, like you said, hopefully have someone in their life maybe guide them to us. You know, that's, a, mm-hmm. that's kind of our hope for, for this. Um, in regards to having this film about my life, it, it's such a strange question mm-hmm. because I truly, truly believe the things that we want when we are young, young at the time, wherever that is in your age, where you still believe that you can do whatever you can do and people can't tell you you can't. I've always been that person. And I wanted to be a movie star so deeply. I mm. thought I was one. I forced my family to watch productions. You know, I mean, this is back in the day when we only had 13 channels. So I had prisoners, you know. Like, <laughs> I really was, I was active. I was always creating. And um, I guess that part of me is not shocked that I would somehow be telling my, on myself again in a bigger way. But now the full circle moment is that I've come back, but I'm now I'm an executive producer. And now I realize this is where I want to be. I don't need to be in front of the camera. That's not where I want to be. I want to be in a position of control, collaboration. That way I can pick and choose who I'm working with. There's a mm-hmm. lot of people who 
say they're going to do something and then they don't and they can end up hurting projects terribly. So, um, yeah, I just want to work with people who want to tell my story as truthfully as possible. And here's where the, the light bulbs. Um, I grew up very Catholic grandmother. Well, Lori works in that parish and so many mm. scenes that we are doing are so authentic because that is the church that my parents were both baptized in, married in, buried, you know. There's so many parts. We filmed so much in Ventura. So I felt like this is my story because I do want to showcase my community and I want this film to give back. So that's why I'm that's the position I kind of have of it. As far as it's kind of like, you know, listening to your voice recorded or looking back at old pictures, you're like, oh, yeah, turn the page or let's go. There's a lot of it that I feel like I've lived it. And, you know, I don't know. I'm kind of not one to go back and, and reflect on those things so much. So I'm trying, you know, as we <laughs> still have some time, I'm trying to flex right. this muscle um, but what I actually do really, really love is that we are capturing something in time for me, a keepsake for my family, because it's really this story for me and Simon. I grew up in my native tradition, my native ways, and oh. I still feel so disconnected because I don't have it anymore. I can't find my culture unless I seek it out myself. And um, so for us, this is a reconnection to our culture. Mm-hmm. This is us saying that we acknowledge and respect and love that because this is really like my love letter to my family. And so mm-hmm. this film is important for us as a reconnection for other people too because I know there's, there's other natives, there's other indigenous people out there who feel lost. And you, you turn mm-hmm. on the TV and it doesn't feel to be a person of color. So we really want this to be a beautiful reflection of how I am a typical girl. I grew up at the beach wearing Vans, flip-flops, <laughs> Levi's, shopping in thrift stores. I listen to punk rock music. My parents paid their bills. They went to PTA meetings. They went to the grocery store. But we were natives, you know, and my mom is European descent, so it's it's trying to shed a light on the fact that we're here. We are your neighbors. We are around you. We're your dentist. We're your lawyer. You just may not know that. But we are here, and it's a celebration of the fact that um, I think that I am a good person, and I think I do good things in the world because of how I was raised. So, yeah, so for me, it's a love letter to my family and community and my culture. Um, and I think for Simon, um, it's everything that he – does as a filmmaker and he's even created new things he's been amazing himself now so it's like uh it's just it's it's really a big celebration of blessed Simon and i and i'm very grateful mm-hmm. because whatever proceeds i can possibly make from this my intention is to um fund scholarships for other native students of film literature arts anything i can do like that's kind of where my whole goal is to go there that's fabulous. So, so, I'm for, so I'm really looking for other people, too, who want to be involved on just on that level, you know, to help students get scholarships to do things. So, yeah, yeah so, I, so that's really our whole focus is I want to make some money from Buffalo to invest in scholarships for other natives. I love this. So, Simon, do you think that your films will all sort of have a Native American influence moving forward? <clears throat> 
Well, I have to say that, you know, what's, what's so crucial to me first and foremost is, is to be authentic from the initial stages of, of developing a project all the way through the end. And that being said, um, the, the films that I want to make and that we will make um, will always come from the human experience. And, and some may be heavily influenced by a Native American experience or journey of discovery like I'm on, um, while others may just be on the surface, just, just void of that influence altogether. Um, you know, what I can say with confidence is, is that the stories that we tell will be multifaceted, just like all of our human experiences are. I want to be clear about something because I don't want to misspeak myself here. <clears throat> we know that um, Buffy has um, a Native American background. Do you as well, Simon? So I um, discovered that I am 50% um, Native when I was in my 30s. And, you know, we had some, you know, some, some family secrets um, that were kind of, I discovered um, through my mom admitting that um, her, my father wasn't, her father wasn't the grandfather that I thought was. Um, my, my real grandfather um, was born on an Apache reservation in Arizona, and he went to an assimilation school where they stripped him of his, of his native language, his culture, and everything at a very, very young age. And he actually ran away from that school in his early teens and um, started working in migrant farms with mostly the Mexican-American community. And that's where my mom was, was, was raised. And it was kind of a big secret. My, my mom, you know, ha- has a mom who has uh, several kids from several different um, fathers, and hers just happened to be a Native American that I didn't realize until I was 30. So ever since then, I've been peeling back the layers of my own heritage. And, Interesting. you know, meeting Buffy has just really – and making Buffalo has really allowed me to kind of connect the dots in my own life, you know, um, yeah, so that's 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 kind of. I can see, you know, it's really interesting. Um, <clears throat> where I grew up, um, you know, you didn't really know what people background were, and you ne- ne- didn't necessarily know. I mean, if it was an Italian-sounding name, you might have known that they were Italian. But mm-hmm. I I grew up with a girl that was in on uh, junior high. Wait, no, we just went to high school, not junior high together. But she was a Chickasaw, but nobody ever talked about that. She never talked about mm-hmm. that. Nobody knew that about her. And um, it's it's interesting because it makes me think about her. Um, and I, I, I want to go back to what you were saying about sort of the, the discovery process of this for you, Simon. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. you know, Buffy, this, this must be very, this must be really exciting to be part of something like this right now. I would think that this is really ideal for you. Well, it's like the timing couldn't be better because in my life right now, um, I'm in a position where I'm just kind of living this fearless life. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just, it's like I'm in this warrior phase of my life. I kind of always been that way. And now it's just really apparent that um, 
I not only want to amplify as many Native voices as I can, I want to be that reflection of being amplified that, look it, I am an EP, an executive producer. I am an entrepreneur, and I'm Native American. I always represent that I'm Native American. It's probably one of the things I'm most proud about because in my culture, if I tell someone that I am, they know what that means. They know how I was raised. I mean, if you're truly, if I'm talking to people and I, you know, I can connect to them on deep levels, um, they know that. But not everybody knows how beautiful our culture is, but yet how mm-hmm. normal it is. Mm-hmm. You know, we brush our teeth. I go to yoga. You know, I go to Pilates. So mm-hmm. I took a towel. I didn't, you know, I. it's like there are so many facets that, I'm I'm, gonna, I'm willing to break down these walls, whatever they are, all the stereotypes about all people, but really about natives in general for me because that's what I know. You know, I, I understand mm-hmm. that. Um, so, and I do feel that I am here to, you know, my ancestors have me here for a reason. There's been plenty of times I probably shouldn't have made it. So I feel as though um, I am a, I have to be a storyteller for my people. I really, really do. But does that mean every script that comes to me is about a native? Not necessarily. It's, but it mm-hmm. will be that when I'm on the carpet, I'll be wearing fashion and everything from native designers. You know, I will always use my platform to lift it up. So yeah, I could do some. I could do a short about anything. But when when you see me as a person, and when I go accept something for that, I will always be representing that I am native. Wow, that's cool. Well, in these last um, moments of our podcast together, <clears throat> I'm going to ask you this, Simon. What What do you see on the horizon going forward for you? Um, I just want to tell stories, and I'm mm-hmm. so compelled to do this. It's in my DNA, and I'm not int- not again not only interested in in my stories, but I'm interested in what other people's stories are. You know, we would love to consider, you know, a, a script idea. Give us a pitch. Tell us what's, right. what's important to your life and, and why, it, you know, you've been transformed or why it's so important to you. So I see us collaborating with many other people from many mm-hmm. other cultures as well. And I'm really excited to that. And I'm also very thankful for this invaluable experience that I've had through the years working behind the camera with a lot of talented people. And it's allowed me to gain a lot of skills um, to be able to make films of all kinds of genres. But ultimately, these skills are they're really secondary to my life experience and the journey that I have on this planet as a human being. I love that. I, I'm, I'm just thinking about all the people that um, you could be in touch with that are in the film, film schools and things like that that would just be tremendous collaborators. Um, when you think about what's next for you, Buffy, uh, I know you're doing all your yoga, which is just phenomenal. But what what's up? What do you see next for you in this wonderful world you're living in? So aside from what I am doing with Wonder Mouse, um, Kelly Lou Dennis, our lead in The Runner, I am executive producer on the project she's doing called Good Girls Get Fed. <laughs> and then I'm also... I'm working with one of our crew with a movie that is being actually it was filmed in Lithuania. So that Ooh. is 
So I, I have five films in my on my um, roster right now, and I'm working on Unstoppable, the the one that he that Simon had mentioned. So so right. right now my production plate is really full. I'm also taking a course right now for production, um, an wow. intimacy coordinator. I'm trying to make sure that on each and every one of our sets that we have control. Um, for people to feel safe in their scenes, and uh, so, so I'm doing that coursework right now. I'm, I'm, and then the farm has me busy. I'm constantly doing workshops and, and things at the farm. So I that's, just see my success. I do, I do too. Because well, you use the word uh, frequently during this show, um, Simon, that I really relate to, and that's authentic. And mm-hmm. people can see through what isn't authentic. And when it comes mm-hmm. from the heart and it's genuine, people are um, attracted to that. They want to be around somebody that is precisely like the two of you. And I'm just, I'm so happy that we were able to share this brief hour together because I don't think this will be our last podcast. It's only the very beginning of the year. We're only into the, what, the first week of February. I anticipate Mm -hmm. when we get into the fall, um, we'll talk again, and we'll get caught up where you've been since we are here today. But I just want to thank both of you for being so generous with your time, for sharing your personal stories, because they're they're important, and um, I'm sure everybody listening can feel that. And I would say to those of you that are listening that may really be in a position to know more from a production standpoint, please reach out to them. Their website is very easy to find. It's just simply Wonder W W O N D E R Mouse M O U S E dot U S. And I will make sure that that's included in, in my follow-up blog for people to find you. But I just want to say thank you for for spending this hour with me. It's really been wonderful. Thank well, you, thank Mark. It's an honor. Thank you so much. I can't wait for the next one. Me too. Yeah. Be well, my friend. I, we don't live all that far you. from one another. So maybe there will be a time when we can meet. But until yeah. now, until yeah. then... I will let you both get on with your um, afternoon. Thank you all for listening. As always, you can always reach out to me through my social media if you have a question. But for now, I'm going to say goodbye and have a lovely afternoon. And thank you once again for joining me. Bye for now, everybody.